Hello, everyone. This is Spice. This is Salty. Welcome to the 3BY Podcast. For today, we've got uh, got one for you on your health. And everybody else's health, too. Prepping for health. Prepping for health. I've been doing a series of posts on the site for how to deal with different <clears throat> chronic Sorry. health diseases in a prepping situation. Yes. Because let's face it, a whole lot of people have chronic health needs that they need to deal with. And it makes no sense to pretend that we're all super healthy Rambo when we're doing our prepping. We've got to build it into account. Even Rambo wasn't super healthy Rambo when he was doing the Rambo movies. So. I guess that tells you how much I watched the Rambo movies. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I digressed. So, uh, actually, it's a nice segue. Segway. Segway. So we slide right into the Segway. first thing that came to mind is you got to be realistic. Got to keep it real. Yeah. Keep it real, brother. Most of us have plans for what we would do in particular situations, and I certainly hope you've thought about it some. But if your plans involve trekking out of the city on foot... I can see myself running up the steps of City Hall in Philadelphia. Okay. Visualize yourself running across the bridges, because now we're thinking about getting out of a city when the traffic is gridlocked. Oh, I was going to be Rocky. Okay. Sorry, go right ahead. Rocky was stuck in the city when something bad happened. Yeah, but he was Rocky, so it doesn't really matter. I'm sure he could jog across the <clears throat> bridge with a big sorry. pack on his back. A little or, choked or, up this morning. It's early morning. We're, we're talking early. We're, bringing, we're, we're on the road. Sorry about the road noise. We're on the road, as usual. Uh, today we're heading over to the People's Republic of Illinois, our favorite non-gun place. Anyway, go right ahead. Don't be planning to be trekking around carrying a big pack on your back if you've never trekked with a big pack on your back and you've got bad knees and uh, bad lower back. Or bad knees like me. Yeah. Um, well, just a little thing. You know, I, I, I don't walk around with packs on my back. And it was two or three years ago. We were up in uh, Ottumwa, Iowa. And we had a little bit of time to kill. And we are just like, oh, let's, go for, let's just go for a little walk. So we were at the Bridgeview Center. And we had, a, we had our get-around or get-home bags. And we're like, oh, let's just throw them on. We'll go for a little walk. So we walked over to the uh, railroad bridge that goes north, which is now a bicycle path, walked across the bridge, walked back, and what, a mile, maybe? About that. About that. And that was that point in time when I realized, boy, you know, this this isn't that bad of a deal, but I sure wouldn't want to try and be carrying this thing a whole long way. I mean, yeah. and there, it wasn't that heavy a bag either. So tell me what you do. How you train for that? Well, I actually she, have my... She trains for this. I cross-train for this and for hiking up in the mountains, which I do for <coughs> fun and entertainment. Yeah, it works not, for both. I'm not a hikist. But I, I need to get used to carrying a pack for one of those things, so I go ahead and use the pack that I keep that's got my emergency clothes and stuff in it. It's got about a week worth of stuff, basically. In that bag, and that's if we need to evacuate for a little while, I, I grab that guy and go. So I actually just hike with that guy in it. I put a water bladder in it, so it'll be my water source. And keep, I make sure my rain gear's in it and my insect gear and all that stuff. Keep a few nibbles close at hand. Yep. 
up, most of that stuff's all in that bag anyway. So I didn't really have to add anything except to make sure I keep the uh, water bladder continually taken care of so it doesn't get moldy and disgusting on me. I just hike with that sucker on. And I figure uh, hiking with the added weight of that here in Missouri will partially make up for the fact that I'm going to be at altitude when I actually go hiking in the mountains. Okay, I feel the need to put a disclaimer here. This is a woman who works, I can almost pretty much say this across the board, this is a woman who works out more than you do. <laughs> because this is a woman who works out more than 99.999999% of America who doesn't do, like, rucksack things. Hmm? He's exaggerating. Okay, we're, we're on our way to the People's Republic of Illinois, right? That's what we're doing. What were you doing at 6 a.m.? What were you doing at 6 a.m.? I was going over to the gym to get a weight lift in before we... Thank you! <laughs> but that was too many nines, I gotta tell you. I know a lot of fit people. Yeah. Pressing right along. So be realistic. Know what you can do. Build that into your plans. The gym is wicked, though. Our gym is wicked where we live. They built this really nice, beautiful facility. Community-based. So we want to support it. One block from where we live. There is no excuse. There's no excuse. Before we had an excuse. Now there is no excuse. Rain, no excuse. Snow, no excuse. Ice, eh, I don't get on the ice. No excuse. No excuse. <laughs> yeah, I tried an excuse. I tried an excuse. <laughs> Yesterday, it was 101 degrees here in the humidity, and it was just like, bleh, no way. So what did, I, what did I end up doing? You went to the gym. I went to the gym because there's no Took excuse. Took care of in the gym. It's air conditioned. I stopped at a lake on the way home and went for a swim. <clears throat> it wasn't 101 in the water. Oh, so you went for a swim yesterday. Mm-hmm. So you got your exercise in that, right? Sure. What did you do before work? Uh, I went to the gym. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, I rest my case. Go right ahead. You don't have to be that way, guys. I'm not saying So what did you do does. the day before? You went to the lake and swam. Okay, yeah. go right ahead. <laughs> Point two. Have as few of health needs as possible because they're going to be a problem. In any emergency situation, health needs are going to be a problem. Uh, If you've got that nagging knee thing you need to get taken care of at some point, how about you get it taken care of while you can get it taken care of while there's actually good medical care available? I don't even want to contemplate emergency dentistry. Okay, we need to stop right here. And guys, girls, whoever's listening to this, this is an uncomfortable conversation because people get embarrassed about these sorts of things sometimes. And if you are having dental issues, get them fixed. If you have bleeding gums, go to the dentist, have them do whatever it takes, including a deep scaling or whatever it takes to get that problem fixed because bleeding gums not only do they lead to tooth loss and everybody wants their own I don't know if you hear my chompers clicking everybody wants to keep their own chompers but it's much more than that because 
the well, she can tell you what the what the the dental problems cause in the the heart and everywhere else. Oh yeah, it's an inflammation in the gums that causes the uh, the gums to bleed when you brush your teeth or something, and that those inflammatory products get into the bloodstream, and they encourage the heart disease that the uh, buildup in the arteries that causes heart attacks, causes strokes, causes blindness, causes kidney failure. All those chronic diseases you think, well, they just sprang from the blue, are actually much more common if you don't floss. Yeah. Of all the stupid things, flossing to stop a heart attack is in a surprisingly effective approach. And if you refuse, just refuse to floss, even occasionally floss, if you just refuse to do it, then you need to schedule regular cleanings. And use, according to our dentist, use some of that anti-plaque stuff. Yeah, which uh, we do all all the above. But uh, another thing that you can do to help with the gum disease, and, uh, well, I don't know. I've never actually watched you scrub your teeth, but I suspect you scrub them pretty hard um, because you do everything hard. Effectively. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't really go at it that hard, so I use I use an electric toothbrush, and that really ever since I switched over to the electric toothbrush, I've had a lot better dentist reports. I've got you know it's a it's like a three hundred percent improvement because I don't I don't really have teeth; I have fillings. <laughs> if, you, if you were to see my dental X-ray, you'd go, "Holy cow!" <laughs> My family is not known for having really good enamel on our teeth. So, yeah, I, but you got to do it. Yeah. And I know it's an uncomfortable thing for a lot of people, but you just find yourself a, a, a good, friendly dentist and get it, get it fixed. You don't want to have a toothache in a grid yeah. town situation. You and really don't. When things start to happen, just remember to keep up on it. I know it's not something that seems like it ought to be high on your list if you're bugging out or whatever, but frankly, it beats the alternative of letting things go south and having a problem when there's no way to deal with it. And if you have a health issue, the most important thing to remember is um, you can get by with some things and and kind of deal with them, but if you've got a thing that's going to really cut down your mobility, you really need to get that fixed. Yeah. I have bad knees, but I have a way around my bad knees. We have, I've got wheels, man. Yeah. I'm not going to be going on any kind of a long hike because of my knees, but I got bicycles, which I can ride just fine. You know what I'm saying? With my own power. It's not a fitness issue. It's a knee issue. So I have a workaround of something that can work if if we have an EMP. It doesn't matter. My bicycle will still work. You know, there's no electric on, electronics on my bicycle, so. Yep, planning for the you you have rather than the you you might wish. And uh, you know, if I if I'm wanting a to do a get home scenario and I'm really concerned about it, I'm putting a bicycle in the back of my car. Yeah, he often has his yeah, bike in the back of his car just day to day. Just so that I can get home, and of course, bicycles are. We've done a podcast on we're bicycle fanatics. She and I both are. But there's so much more efficient way of getting a big load where you need it to go. Yeah, best, I mean, best human-powered way to move it ever. 
Now, bicycle doesn't fit easily in my little bitty car, but there seem to be a pair of outdoor skates back there. And skates are another <laughs> thing, you know. If you're a skater. If you're not a <clears throat> skater, it's a terrible idea. Sorry about all the grinding. I'm just Because some... it's kind of challenging to skate on roads, but it's one of the things I do, so. Yeah, uh, and she, yeah, she likes to roller skate, but... We also you also have to keep your situation in mind. Like, we work at the most twenty five miles from our house, at the most. And you know, so what we're talking about, what we're thinking about, is our get home situations generally twenty five miles or less. Yeah. So we do that with our preps. I mean, she can, if she has a bicycle, she can get home if the, well, let's say there was an EMP and the cars are all dead, she can get home in an hour and a half on a bicycle. Yep. Uh, three. I, it'd take me two and a half hours. Two and a, two and a half on skates. Two and a half on skates. But if I have a bicycle, you know, I, I'm slower than she is. I, I ride, I don't like, she rides at 17, 18 miles an hour. I, I'm more of a, 10 to 12 type person but you know certainly if it's something to keep in mind when you're making your plans is understand what your limitations are understand what you can do and don't be unrealistic about it most people think they think they're rambo they really do needs Which, are not mechanisms that's right. the fact that you need to carry a pack and walk does not mean you're physically able to carry a pack and walk Absolutely. And so the two parts of that planning is, first of all, probably need to get a little more fit. We all do, except for her. And and the other thing is plan for what you have, for where you're at, not from where you want to be. I want to wear a size 30 pant waist. I am nowhere within a million miles of wearing a size 30 pant waist. But I'm not going to go out and buy a a 30-inch uh, pant waist pair of pants to wear because that's not where I'm at. You know? And he's not going to buy a 30-inch belt for his uh, the gun he would carry around in case of an awful emergency. Well, I could strap it on my thigh, I suppose. <laughs> I can think of better approaches, and so can you. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, these things don't magically go away in emergencies. Are you better off maintaining good health all the time so you have fewer health needs? Absolutely. And if I thought preaching about that would do any good, I would, but I don't, so I'll move on. <laughs> now, here, here's the other thing, too, is, is a, lot of, a lot of us have, I call them the nicky-necky creepy thing. They're not really serious, serious health issues, but they're things you kind of need to take in mind, like high blood pressure. Okay, yes, yeah, this is a serious health issue, but a lot of people are pre-hypertensive, okay? And uh, another one is diabetes for a lot of Americans is a yeah. problem. Um, but a lot of people really aren't like insulin dependent diabetes. They can either don't have it, but they're kind of pre, 
It's yeah. real diabetes if you don't need insulin, but you have yeah. high blood sugar and you have to manage it by diet, exercise, oral drugs. That's actual diabetes. Right, but it's not something that will kill you in a grid-down situation because you're actually probably going to be better off because you're going to be getting more exercise. <laughs> you're going to be just the general work or general work of life will get you up and moving a lot more and you're probably going to get a diet restricted and stuff like that. But you still need to keep it in mind. Um, that, I think uh, a lot of people will be sitting around in their homes if something goes really south, actually. And if they're preppers, they have a bunch of food sitting around with them. So <laughs> it's not necessarily better for you. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. There we are. It's, but it is something you need to keep in mind. So, as part of that being realistic, work with your doctors. To, uh, uh, for example, we had a uh, situation a month or two ago where Salty had a, a health problem. We had to see a doctor for. We got it taken care of. wasn't a big deal. Well, we can actually let's go ahead and. You talk. don't mind if I? No, say let's it? let's okay. talk about it. It I was a, a hypertensive thing. crisis. Yeah, it was weird. It's out of the blue one. He's got some hypertension all the time. It's well managed with yeah, the exercise and uh, a little bit of drugs. Yeah, and it's it's not a big. I mean, really, it's not a big deal. I'm. What, what, yeah. what was I this morning? Uh, one twenty three over sixty eight. Yeah, I mean, you know, fine. so it's normally it's not. You know, and I'm often you know right in that range, one twenty to one twenty five. Yeah, because we keep. 68 to 72. That's that's a normal range for me, which isn't great, I'll admit, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's it's okay. But we monitor this. And so one day he got into a situation where he ate some stuff that had a whole ton of salt, and he didn't, didn't realize, realize it. it had a whole ton of salt. And I mean a whole ton of salt. I sat down and ate a whole bunch of cheese curds from a local cheese curdery. Yeah, I'm not realizing how much sodium is actually in them. And then I had a bag of chips. Not a good diet day. Then I had a bag of chips, like just a little bag of like Lay's potato chips. And then I had supper, and of course I put salt on my food. And he used to, before this episode, he put salt on his food a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've kind of really had to cut back on that. But. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, I wasn't feeling great, so I checked. Checked my blood pressure, and it was 167, which is really high for me. Like yeah, it's really usually in the high. 120s, and it jumped up to the 160s. That's an issue. And it never got really below 140. The next day, I went to work, and I'm like, blah, just blah. So I go home, take my blood pressure, and I'm back up over 170. And I'm like, I need to go get this looked at. This is not right. This is not normal. Something is going on. So I, she happened to still be home. So we hopped in the car and we actually, I hate to say what we did. We went to the emergency room. Uh, I thought about going to urgent care, but turns out they would have just turned around and sent me on to the emergency room. That was appropriate. (laughs) Uh, But because of the way my insurance works, the insurance worked better with the Emergency room. Insurance oh, drama meant we went to the emergency room good enough. Fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, anyway, I like it, you better than I like it's money. In, it's it's covered. Yeah, I it's know. Cool. It's just ridiculous. So got it managed. Got right? it managed. Yeah, I got there. But, it was two o two. Yeah. That is a hypertensive crisis. That is bad. Yeah, if you blow a gasket, it's really rare, but it's dramatically bad. So what they did was they put the drugs in me. 
got me back down to normal, and then we analyzed what went wrong, because this was not yeah. normal. So while we're hanging out there waiting for his blood pressure to come down after they've given him the meds, he's telling me he didn't have a particularly large amount of salt. Okay, what'd you eat that day? And he starts describing it to me, and I, my eyes start getting wide, like, uh, the Milton cheese? You do know that stuff has a ton of salt in it, right? No. Well, I know how they make the cheese, and they make it by salting out the curds. Yeah, I also had cottage And you had cottage cheese. cheese later in the day, which they also make by salting out the curds. He didn't realize they had that much sodium in them, but well, I'm I did have a, a I had a geek, lot of vegetables so and stuff for supper with my Chinese food, <laughs> which I salted. Which Chinese food, which has a ton of salt in it. Yeah. So anyway, it he, was not a. It was, after analyzing this, it was not a bunch of good choices. <laughs> Turns out, yeah, it was just a salt-induced hypertensive spike. But once we figured out what it was, first you change the diet so it doesn't happen again. But to be fair, two hundred, go to the go to the emergency. Oh yeah, that was the right that's thing. That's bad. To do. That, was that right could pop do. corks in your head. That that's your stroke area. And my family does have a history of strokes. This is a family history, so. It's, I want to add, this is probably not on your list, but know your family health history. Good point. They always ask you this at the doctors, but they do that for a reason. Because, like, in my family, we have strokes on my mother's side. And when I started asking them about it, it's clear there's some genetic predisposition to these sudden blood pressure spikes. Yeah, my sister has them, too. It'll so, be fine. It'll be fine. Whoops, not fine mom, at all. And my mother fine, has It'll be fine. Them. Which is, so, so now that we know, what we, and we also got some, I know a lot of you people aren't, aren't, aren't drug people, but we also got some, okay, if this spikes, I have some drugs in my wallet now. That's what I was bringing up with. So we'll, we'll just say, we not, yeah, we not only figured out what the problem was and changed to make it less likely, but we talked to the doctor and said, okay, you know, we go on vacations and things. We're not always near emergency rooms. We're not always near care. Is there something we can do if this happens again to give us a few days of grace or to manage it? And she came up with something, uh, a a short-term one or two dose of drug that you can take if you have these sudden blood pressure spikes to bring the blood pressure back down. It's basically a specialty drug to deal with the sudden hypertensive crisis things. She prescribed a little bit of it. I divvied it up. I put uh, some of it in each of our emergency bags. He's got a little bit in his wallet. I've got a little bit in my bag here. So if it does happen again, we now know he, he knows what it feels like. If we don't happen to be in range of a blood pressure cuff so I can take it, which at home we've got one. But... We've got enough of that drug around to deal with a hypertensive crisis. So we had the emergency plans, and it took specifically asking the doctor, okay, I know this is one way to do with it, but what can we do if we can't get to medical care quickly enough? Okay, there's one other takeaway from this experience that I want to share with you, and this is about perceptions in the medical community. As I was, as they were sending me home from the emergency room. It, was a, it, it had gone down and stayed stable at 143, which is still way too high. Uh, but it was stable at 143. And, I, and the doctor said, okay, you're good. We're going to send you home. And I said, 143 is good? She kind of looked at me and kind of cocked her head a little bit, and she said, for the, for the, when I'm in the emergency room, 133 is go home and relax. 143. 
143, yeah. If I'm in my clinic and you have 143, then we have a problem. <laughs> so keep this, you need to go see your primary care physician and, and get this figured out so I don't see you again. Yeah. So that's, that's the perception. You know, a lot of times people will take the advice if they'll go to an emergency room or urgent care. You have to realize this is the emergency room and this is urgent care. This is not a everyday you need to be in control type doctor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is not your primary health care healthcare provider. And we know our primary health care provider pretty well because, well, firstly, she's a friend of ours, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I gave her one of my bikes. <laughs> you know, we're, we're actually friends. But still, Spice had a real serious issue several years ago. You know, that issue was basically caught by the primary health provider. Did, boy, did she take care of it in a big, fat hurry, too. Oh, yes. It wasn't just, oh, you have this problem. You need to go get it checked out. It's like... Here, I'm going to make a call, and I will set up this appointment for you, and I will get you hooked up with the people you need to see for the next step. It and was, it was a very... It was a big deal. Effective. It was a rapid and effective response. So having a good relationship with a practitioner is really helpful if you can manage that. And a good relationship with a dentist and a good relationship with a... You know, optometrist, I don't really care that much about. They're just get your eyes checked and go, but... Uh, something else you can do with your physician is talk about getting enough prescriptions for backup stocks. Like yeah. I did that with, uh, it was actually an oncology doctor I ended up talking to. Yeah, spent a lot of time. Yeah, spent a lot of time with Thailand. the oncology people. Yeah, but one of the things that we talked about is, hey, I don't need to come see you every day anymore. How about we get a prescription for me so I can set some of this stuff back and it doesn't, you know, I don't need to come in and there's no reason for me to come and see the guy. He let me have extra prescriptions of the stuff knowing that I was just going to have some in reserve if I needed some in reserve. It's it's not a, a drug of abuse. Yeah, it's not. Like, not there's no do opioids, opioids or anything like that. This is just a... Yeah. This is just a but when it's Actually, not a drug of abuse that you're taking, they are much more likely to do that sort of thing for you. Why don't you tell them about that drug and tell them, like, why that's a perfect example of something that you would want to stockpile. Not urgent, but it could be, you know? Tell them about what it is and what it does. Uh, what it actually is prescribed for, what the drug company promoted it for, was seizure control. And I've never had seizures, don't ever want seizures, no thanks. But somebody accidentally found out that it's good at uh, stopping hot flashes. And hot flashes don't sound like a big deal unless you've just gone through cancer treatment and you run into menopause like it's a big solid brick wall you hit at 55 miles an hour. When you're 20 <laughs> years younger than people usually get menopause. Yeah. And it's... the. Uh, Menopausal symptoms were so severe, I literally couldn't sleep more than two hours at a time. I was having hot flashes 15 times an hour, strong enough to make me break out in a sweat. I was literally throwing off sweatshirts 15 times in an hour. He counted once because it yeah, actually got funny after a while. I actually had one, <laughs> once it actually landed on my head. 
when she was sitting there in the chair next to me. The sweatshirt came off and uh. actually covered my face. <laughs> so, yeah. I told the oncologist about this. He said, well, we've got this stuff. It's supposed to be for seizures, but we found out it controls hot flashes. I'll give you some of it. I asked him how it works. He says, we have no clue, but it works, so I'll give it to you if you want it. I'm like, yes, anything at this point. Oh, she you was don't miserable. realize the value of sleep until you don't get sleep. Miserable. It is an enormous, not only quality, it's a quality of life issue, absolutely, but it's also a functional issue if you can't sleep. So I got this stuff so I can actually sleep more than three hours at a time. Well, to be fair, it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. Well, therefore, just after it first started, it was just... Yeah, it, I could deal with it now, but I would still be sleep-deprived because I can't... Right, I mean... I, you, I get you about tell. four hours of sleep without it. You can tell. I call it, I call it the knock, her knock-me-on-the-head-on-the-head on head yeah. pills. Which is inaccurate. It doesn't make me sleepy at all. But it I get to sleep fine without them, but four hours later, I wake up perfectly alert and awake at 3.30 or 4 in the morning, and that is all for sleep for the day. And yeah. that is not enough for long term. So anyway, uh, what's it for? It improves sleep if you're having disturbed sleep. It's not a sedative drug at all, but it just... Stops the hot flashes. Yeah. So that's just a... We're only using that as an example of the type of thing you want to have stockpiled if you can. Yeah, it's not a drug of abuse, but it's a, a maintenance drug that I need a lot of. Over many years, I'd need a lot of it. And I've got a year's worth stuck in the fridge because he knew it and he prescribed me more than I needed so I, I could have some in reserve. And she just simply does the old rotation, you know, keep the new stuff at the back yep. and let it work its way forward. Now I'm just uh, buying it at the rate I need it and I recycle it every time I get a new bottle in. It goes in the back of the fridge and I pull out the old one. I've checked to see how long this particular drug is uh, rated to be good for. Because some drugs actually do go off quicker than others. We, we have a ridiculous amount of drugs in our fridge. Actually, we have a fridge that does nothing but have, uh, not just drugs, but other things, medical too. A lot of those things Cream. are over-the-counter things like uh, Benadryl and uh, ibuprofen and stuff Benadryl like that. It's a not a great like, thing to have, a yeah. lot of. Benadryl and antidiuretics. Uh I think you mean anti-diarrheals? Anti-diarrheals, yes. Not diuretics, no. <laughs> anti-diuretics, no. <laughs> you shall never pee again. <laughs> not a terribly useful drug, that one. <laughs> no. no. Especially to somebody who uh, has high blood pressure or borderline high blood pressure, you don't want it. Yeah. If you think you have high blood pressure, drink a lot. Keep it flushed. So, anyway, go ahead. If you think you have high blood pressure, get it taken care of because you don't want the the long-term misery of heart disease and degradation of the kidneys and stuff. That's And the salt is a big thing. It really is. I didn't think so. Yeah. I kind of learned. I tried to impress this on Salty for some time before salty. the hypertensive crisis. Salty. Salty. Yes. salty. Yes. But it took the hypertensive crisis to make him deeply believe that, oh, I guess it was kind of a lot. Was a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. pressing right along. 
And that brings us to the last point pretty nicely, which is once you have figured all this out, minimized your needs, talk to your doctor to get some help about with uh, the prepping aspect of it. Uh, if the doctor might think it sounds weird to be talking about being a prepper, certainly our primary care physician, we don't just feel like talking casually about all the preps we've got around town. You know, that just seems kind of squirrely. So we put it in, in the perfectly honest frame of, hey, we go on these trips. Sometimes we're not within close reach of medical care. And it's true. Yeah. And that's one of the things we want them for, to be honest with you, and to be honest with them. But that's one way to put it where it doesn't come across. They're not going to take you for a uh, somebody who's unbalanced or unrealistic or things like that. It's a lot easier for them to see the need when it is phrased in that more day-to-day kind of way. That's why we. Uh, that's why the place is our is our uh, where our hunting cabin is, because that's what people expect to hear. Yeah. That's a normal thing. It's just hiding in plain sight. It's still the same cabin. Yeah, and I but, enjoy going out there and just hanging out with nature. That's also quite true. But. But if there was a reason I didn't want to live in a town, that would be a place we could easily go to, and it's getting yeah. better set up every year. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Yeah, and there's a couple of reasons we might not want to live in town, including something like a pandemic. We really might not want to be around people for a little while. So, okay, that's a, that's a, a little... Uh, Once you know what you need, you stock the physical preps. Thank you. I was getting lost for words. Actually, I'm, I'm actually driving through an interchange right now. And he has to pay some attention to what I he's I have to actually pay some attention to make sure I'm in the right lane, because otherwise we're going to end up in North Missouri instead of the People's Republic of Illinois. Oh, the People's Republic. If you have uh, physical things... That are not drugs, but are uh, medical consumables, for example. You can uh, set back stocks of those as well. Uh, we think it's a good idea, obviously, to have some of the over-the-counter stuff in the fridge. So it's easy to get a hold of. And, and I tell you what, we never run into those stupid little day-to-day annoyances of we're out of blank. Is just really not much of an issue in our lives. No. Because if we actually need we actually it, have we've usually lot got of stuff. backups of it. We have stuff. There's no question about it. Um, but, you know, another thing, we're gonna, she's going to be talking about some, some stuff in, the, in a future uh, article. I know she's actually working on because we talked about this before, uh, before we started the podcast. Uh, there's some multi-use items, too, that, that we think that are not really necessarily well known that she's going to be bringing up uh, I don't yeah they're cheap freely available don't take up much space they are wonderful preps and that you can do a whole bunch of stuff with them and I'll, they're I'll, nothing to get now i'll give you one one of the great probably the number one physical item prep you can have, in my opinion, is dental floss. Yeah, we've got giant rolls of dental floss. We've actually you got more. Than, how useful I just got a whole is. bunch of free floss things given to me, so we got more than you oh. think we do. Uh, and somebody gave me eight toothbrushes too. Okay. 
Yeah, we go through. I use toothbrushes for my teeth, obviously, but I use toothbrushes for all kinds of stuff. They're great for for guns, cleaning guns, and, and bearings of skates, and yeah, bearings of roller <laughs> skates, and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, long story short, there is nothing you can sew with dental floss. You can floss you your teeth with dental floss. Uh, anytime you need really tough fine string, it's a useful thing. She fixed. I've got a boot. pair of boots. <laughs> I bought the boots, and immediately the grommets that hold the uh, shoestrings started falling off, which I was pretty annoyed at, but I'd, I'd bought them for, you know, 75% off. <laughs> yeah. So I'm um, okay. Uh, yeah, got out the really, dental floss, sewed them really up. really nice-looking boots from Bass Pro Shop that fell apart the first day. <laughs> Bass Pro Shop. Just thought I'd shout out to one of our non-sponsors. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter. So I got out the dental floss, and I sewed that sucker up. And then I've been wearing them for the last four years, and they've been good boots ever since then. They just have part of them held together by dental floss. Because it's a, it's, you can sew very tough kind of outdoor clothing and even boots with dental floss. Yeah, it's just, we're going to have several of those coming up in the article. And it's waterproof and long-term resistant. Uh, I just, I'm sorry, you were talking about those boots, and I remember a pair of boots I bought. And how that one bootliner came into such a bad end. Oh, my oh, God. They don't need to hear that disgusting yeah. story. Well, <laughs> here's a hint. If, you're, if, you, if it's a hot day, you got, you got boots in the back of your car with the, the liners in them. It's a hot day, and you think, well, I don't really want to leave the kind of cheese out in the, <laughs> in the car because it's hot. I'll put it in this bootliner. And then you forget it's insulated. it. insulated. Don't do that for a week, okay? Trust me. It does not go, end well. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. It does not end well. It took me a month to get that smell out of my truck. But anyway, <laughs> pushing right along. So, there you go. Do you have anything else for them other than take really care of yourself be- and be well and make a small make this as small an issue as possible. Absolutely. And that improves the quality of your life now and later, frankly. And don't put off the simple stuff. Don't Okay, I got one more. You may not think you need glasses. You may not need glasses. If you're under 40, you may not need glasses. Um, as, a, as, one of, as an eye doctor once told me, you know, people over 40, there's two kinds of people over 40. There's people who need glasses, and there's people who lie to themselves in saying they don't need glasses. Yeah. Your eyes keep growing. Your lenses keep growing as you get older. This is part of what we are. So they're going to get thicker, and you're going to lose. Your, that's why you lose the close vision as you get older. Your eyes, your lenses still keep growing. And they're, it makes it harder for them to round up and see things close to your face. It's so just, everybody starts to need bifocals because they lose or at least reading point glasses. of near focus. So anyway, long story short, even if you don't think you need them, you should occasionally at least go to the eye doctor, especially if you have a, a eye doctor insurance, and get that done because i got a good friend who's now in the um, middle stages of glaucoma. They did not catch it early because he didn't need glasses. Or, or actually, he did need glasses. He just was in denial. There's a lot of people there. And frankly, it may cost him his vision. So... Just go go see your eye doctor at least. Go see your dentist if you just do it. Get the cleaning. Get the, you know, I prefer cinnamon when they do the polish. But, 
you know, pick your own. Some things you really need the professional help for, and it's better to get that done when it's easily available. We are crossing the mighty Mississippi. You see any turtles out there? Uh, no, the water's up and a little rough. I don't think yeah, they want to be setting rough. out on that. It's so rough today. Because we just had a thunderstorm come through here. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we're, we've been chasing a thunderstorm all morning. We are across. I'll tell you where we're at. You'll know where we were when we recorded this. We are crossing the Memorial Bridge, as opposed to the Baby Bridge, which is to our left. We're crossing the Memorial Bridge into Quincy, Illinois, the Gem City, the heart city of Western People's Republic of Illinois. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, do I have my gun? No, I'm okay. <laughs> Carrying your gun into the state of Illinois is a nix. It's a no-no. So we're going to end up the podcast thank you for listening as always we don't we're not at we won't ask you for any money but if you enjoy the podcast please share it with all your friends take care be well enjoy life and just kind of stay away from the people's republic of illinois just a hint all right bye-bye